0: Today on Movie Wallace we talk about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Glimmer de Toro's Pinocchio and The Menu. it's time for movie wallows hi this is joe hi trust me and Yazdi as well movie Wallace is your weekly dose of film reviews movie news and general banter in theaters on dvd online streaming or in the back of an airplane if you love the movies this show is for you hello hello
1: greetings everyone happy thanksgiving
0: indeed yes greetings from uh we've got a little bit more background noise than normal here because we're enjoying the sunshine on Yazdi's deck
2: and there is a lot of sunshine and a lot of wind and a lot of ambient street noise of yeah, people talking. Yeah, I think talking. I just had someone singing. Somebody was
0: singing on the street, yeah. yes. Yeah,
1: that's delightful. <laughs> it's November and someone's
0: singing on the street. I've got my headphones on. What were they singing?
1: I don't know. It was like a nice little... Yeah, I, I think thought so. we were on like the set of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yeah, oh. It sounded a bit like Belle.
0: It was soulful.
2: Yeah, somebody was yeah. crossing the street and they just decided Belted to a note out. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> well, so no, part part of the reason we're here is they, uh, on the deck is Rashmi and I um, are recovering from our first ever bout of COVID. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we did not want to give it to Yazdi so because uh, to much safe. as much oh, as ooh. we've been lucky that this has been a mild bout by all accounts, it's still not nice to have.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, And I can't imagine not having had the vaccine and the booster, how bad this would feel, so. Yeah, yeah. We anyway, are. we do not want to give you what we have,
2: so
0: we're th- we're through the other side of it. So. That would
2: be a great horror movie. Anybody who listens to a podcast
1: gets COVID. <laughs> oh. No, that's no,
2: no what we say? Like, what the podcast people say? Like, you know, you'll get hit by a bus, and then if you listen to it, <laughs> you that's get hit horrible. By a bus.
1: Yeah, Steve, I think you need to write that screenplay.
2: <laughs> that's like The Ring, remember? Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: Anybody who watches the tape, correct? Yeah.
2: Yes. Anyway so
1: we've been doing lots and lots of watching it is that time of the year where Mm -hmm. we start to get inundated with screeners
0: yeah no it's been good it's been nice to kick back and and you know watch a bunch of movies um rashmi your list is ever increasing because you are a completist when it comes to seeing everything by the end of the year for your i try for your critics vote yeah
1: i try so let's launch because um i think we've got three movies to watch we do,
0: we do enough banter. So um, why don't we jump stri- straight into our very first movie of the day, which is Black Panther Wakanda Forever.
1: Yep, I have the intro for that. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The people of Wakanda fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. So this is written and directed by Ryan Coogler, and it stars many of the people from uh, the original movie, Um Which is um, Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Angela
0: Angela Bassett,
2: Bassett, Newcomer,
0: Winston Duke, Denai Gurira, uh,
1: and many, many others. And and (laughs) Huerta, Oscar
2: Huerta,
0: yes.
1: Yes. Um, So, we saw this one a while ago. This is the sequel. Um, Remember what we say about sequels? They have to be... Twice as good good to be half as better. So Yazdi, is this one worth a watch?
2: I think it's worth a watch. I think um, I'm not the biggest fan of the film, although I admire it a lot. But I, I, and the reason I admire it a lot is because the level of difficulty for this was just, you know, off the charts, right? Because they had to somehow respectfully deal with You know the passing away of Chadwick Boseman, and somehow either integrated. I know there was a lot of discussion whether he should be recast, and they decided that they were, you know, not going to recast, and they were going to continue with him. And at the same time, kind of carry forward, you know, the next plan of the story. My my understanding is that Ryan Coogler did write a second a sequel to the original Black Panther, which had a big, 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 you know, King T'Challa had a big part in that. And once. Uh, Bozeman passed away, he pretty much had to rewrite the whole script and have it go in a different direction. Mm. So whereas the first movie was so unusual and so full of energy, this one has a pretty consistent melancholic tone. Having said that, I think the strength of the Ryan Coogler's uh, contributions to the Marvel Universe has always been the bad guys. Uh, In the original bad guy, in the original film, uh, Michael B. Jordan played Killmonger, who was an amazing bad guy. And in here we have a new bad guy in the form of Namor. And in both the bad guys, you kind of understand where they're coming from. And that makes all the difference. So it's definitely worth watching in the cinema if you haven't already watched it five times by the time you're listening to this. Joe?
0: Yeah, I, overall, I mean, I like this movie. It was, um, it, it was too long. and, and It is too long. You,
1: Two hours and 48 minutes.
0: You mentioned the melancholic tone yesterday, yeah this movie is crushed under the weight of its own emotions. I mean it really does carry um, a heavy burden of of baggage of you know they're wanting to be respectful to the passing of uh, chadwick Boseman's character um, but it also felt like they were weighed down by that like so heavily there was just this um, everyone wanted to burst into tears it felt like for the first hour of the movie and i was just i was weighed down by that i mean I, you know so I, I found its tone a little insufferable at the beginning because i, I, I almost felt as if it was a tribute but it was a, a, a heavy tribute rather than a celebration of life and i feel like it had it missed that opportunity to be a real um celebration of of what chadwick boseman brought to the back Panther character and that that delight that he brought to the Marvel universe. Instead, it focused on on the fact that he was gone and his goneness and his missingness. So it it, it was all a bit heavy. But that said, once it got into gear, you know, I, I quite enjoyed it. I mean, at, at one point, I thought, gosh, this feels like a little bit of like a an ethnic gang fight because of the you know the 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 opposing factions here, and I was like, what what are we what are we supposed to glean from this? But it was good.
2: It's the West Side Meets Avatar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The West Side Story Meets Avatar. That's exactly right. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Look, I thought this was really good. I I found that um, one of the things I really loved about it, Joe, which we've seen in your dad's family, which is this African gesture of death as a celebration. And I did like that. um, I really like that aspect of Africa where they celebrate death. (laughs) <laughs> like it's a big party, right?
0: And I'm um, laughing because there's a there's a meme that's called Ghana says goodbye. My father's from Ghana, and a Ghanaian funeral is like the biggest party you've ever yeah. seen. It's like a street; it's, the whole village comes out and and celebrates, and it's not. It's not melancholic at all. Yeah. So
1: I actually enjoyed that part. And then, you know, it was probably an hour and a quarter before I looked at my watch for the first time. So it definitely, although it's a long movie, it does keep your attention. Here's the one thing I didn't quite enjoy. The antagonist. Um, The journey wasn't quite as deep as it should have been, I think. And the reason for him being the way he is didn't quite make sense. But I could live with it. And I like that it's an underwater world and we're seeing something a little bit different. And I do like that it's about the Letitia Wright's character having to be something and carry something she doesn't want to. So I think the this like the anti-hero hero, uh, that was quite interesting. So I, I think it was enjoyable. I wouldn't necessarily rush out and see this one if you didn't enjoy the first one. And I didn't love the first one. It was okay. Um, But I think I like this one a little bit more than the first one, to be honest.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay.
1: And maybe it has something to do with a little bit of girl power as well.
2: There's a lot of girl power. Yeah, and the
1: Lupito Nyong'o character
2: kind of opens up a little bit. and um, Yeah, it's good enough. (laughs) And it was very realistic girl power because it's not just, you know, like the Powerpuff girls or whatever, like, come on. There was a lot of genuine conflict between, you know, the different women who who have to take on the mantle from, you know, T'Challa's death. And I think the way they played the difference in philosophies between, mm. you know, Angela Bassett's character and, you know, Shuri's character, Letitia Wright's character, I think was done pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 you know, I've been reading a lot also about how this, the bad guy, they kind of have drawn from a lot of uh, South American culture, a lot of Mesopotamian cultures. So it kind of blends in a lot of things, you know, from the real world. Um, there are a few scenes set in the UN, which seemed very odd to me. Like they were almost assuming that everybody knew about Wakanda. It was just anyway, yeah, it just seemed kind of,
1: it seemed a little misplaced at times. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But yeah. I think that's
1: because the UN is looking for the um vibranium, right? So yeah. you know, it's it's trying it vibra- to be like yeah. real world but not quite
0: well, it's trying to say a lot of things, right? I mean I think one of the the key kind of political themes within the movie is and it's you know, it's one of the things I really enjoyed about Black Panther which is, you know, if if this amazing resource had been discovered in Africa, then the balance of power of the world would be very different, right? If you've ever read, like, Guns, Germs and Steel, where it talks about geography and and natural resources leading to the differences in um, how different cultures and different parts of the world have evolved, um, you can see that Western culture uh, was, quote-unquote, more advanced because of weaponry, and that enabled... Um, the spread of western culture and the domination over other cultures over history so the the whole wakanda vibranium uh, meteor thing is a great idea right it's a, it's an interesting philosophical thing saying well what if the most powerful resource in the world landed in africa what what how would the world be and how would the rest of the world respond to that so i i, I like i love that kind of play around um you know it's not it's not about culture or biology or genetics or you know it's all about what the natural resources are that enables a particular country to to excel and that the the UN's role in that you know America would lose its mind if the most powerful resource in the world belonged to some small country somewhere right you know and that we're even not
1: even supposed to know about
0: that, and even if they were doing the right thing with it as opposed to you know some crazy dictator it would still be very frustrating to the most of the west to to not have the biggest stick
2: no that's always been the great thing about even the original black panther is yeah. that it imagines not not a post colonial but a decolonial yes. you know africa like if it had never un-colonial. been uncolonial yeah. if it had never been colonized you know what what would that be like and so that that continues on in this one yeah, yeah. as well okay i i've several small Picks to knit. Go Nets on. Nets <laughs> to I love pick. your knits to Pick. <laughs> go ahead. Um, number one, and I know, I know, I know it. This shouldn't bother you, but I know the history of when the sequel was being made, and it was right in the middle of COVID. And Letitia Wright is famously a vaccine denier, and Ryan Kugler had to go through these extreme efforts to, you know, let the people who insured the movie, you know, actually have a lead. She- the lead actor you know who was not vaccinated and wow. so to watch her repeatedly play of all things a scientist really bugged me because she plays this very that's you know, true so it really bothered yeah, me through I'm the glad whole I movie didn't know the, that yesterday. The, the irony of that really bothered me and then the other thing is look she's a great <laughs> actor right she's a wonderful she's in that she was in that wonderful movie last year the three-part movie made by uh uh what's his name
0: um, steve mcqueen
2: Steve McQueen so she's, she's a great actor but she's also a very little actor she's like she's like my little finger yeah, she's, she's so tiny. tiny and you know there are parts where she's beating up somebody like three times her size and I just had a hard time believing I know she's in her suit and everything but it just seemed to me it kind of beggared belief for me so that that was an issue I think uh, you've got it in for her no I mean I, I no I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> um
0: and you're also poo-pooing
2: the movie. on Letitia Wright a little bit yes, <laughs> Also, the movie is too long. And like you, Joe, I thought it was really, you know, weighed down by the whole T'Challa thing. And especially yes. because it bookends it. It comes back at the end of the movie for another run of, you know, how great Chadwick Boseman was. And it, it's not insincere, but it just kind of felt like you know you're laying it on really thick but most people seem to buy it so it's fine i'll i'll go ahead and give it a seven out of ten it's a handsomely made movie i really like the bad guy um i like the the visuals of the bad guy uh could have been a tad better but considering the difficulty very well done level of difficulty very well done joe
0: another seven for me i mean i think um again it's it's in its desire to be kind of a tribute to Chadwick Boseman weighed it down and um, ultimately detracted from the movie, which I think with, was otherwise you know a, a worthy entry into the Marvel uh, universe. So um, yeah, seven just and 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 really the, the the main fix for this movie would have been a pair of scissors. Let's just trim it yeah. down a bit, like t- yeah. tidy it up, tighten it up. Um, It would have had real punch. Instead, it just felt very, very burdened.
2: And it has four endings. I'm sick of four (laughs) endings. Stop. Just end when you end.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Agree with you. I will also give it a seven.
2: Um, It's not bad at all. There's a lot of talk about Angela Bassett probably getting a Best Supporting Actress nomination. No. She's very good at what she does. And I think she has a very emotional arc in the movie. So I think... I mean I wouldn't be opposed to it but I don't know 100% I think she's if done better work oh for sure
1: yeah, yeah. I, I
2: don't think this is an Oscar performance and then the other thing I want to mention is I don't know what they're doing with Lupita Nyong'o but she looked like a million bucks in this movie yeah she looked she incredible Just she was glowing yeah. I mean, she has a very small part in the movie more so towards the end but I don't know if it was her hair or what but she just god she looked like 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 a god she looked like a god <laughs>
0: anyway doesn't stand out to ra- me ra- yasty,
1: but um, no, yeah, she's no, always she did, good she
0: did she looked really yeah. good the yeah. movies you were thinking of by the way by Steve McQueen was Small Axe correct the Small, Small Axe. Axe trilogy and if we'd done a Netflix pick that would have been on it because all three of those movies are on Amazon
1: there were five was it five
0: thank yeah. you all five of those movies were done on uh, Amazon Prime and I believe they're still available there um, check them out all right moving on then movie number two of the week will be guillermo del toro's pinocchio okay so i can introduce that one
2: Uh, in case you're saying double uh, this is actually the second pinocchio movie to be released in 2022 there was one version that was released on apple tv which was made by robert zemeckis and had uh, tom hanks and joseph gordon levitt voicing the pinocchio it was a live action version that kind of went came and went I didn't even know what happened it just kind of
0: and it was released by Disney right
2: yeah it was released, and it was like a little blip barely barely made a, you I know, actually registered thought this anywhere. movie
0: was going to be that one
2: oh okay <laughs> uh, and then this is uh, actually and I think that's the only reason why I don't think Guillermo del Toro is a particularly vain person but I think to separate this Pinocchio from the other one this one is titled Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio this one, like the original Disney movie from you know decades ago is 100% animated it's animated stop motion by uh, del Toro and his team of people and it actually I think uses only the very basic scaffolding of the original story to build kind of Uh, its own world and its own story a little bit although it's familiar enough in its beats that you know you will recognize it Um, and as always it's the classic story of Pinocchio where a father's wish magically brings a wooden boy to life in Italy giving him a chance to care for the child it's directed by Mark Gustafson and Guillermo del Toro it's based on the book by Carlo Collodi um, and the writers are Guillermo del Toro and Patrick McHale it has an absolute Uh, you know uh, riches in terms of uh, voice cast. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays uh, Sebastian Jiminy Cricket, the famous Jiminy Cricket. Ron Perlman, who is almost in every single uh, (laughs) Guillermo del Toro movie, he does some voice work. Kate Blanchett does some. Tilda Swinton does some. John Turturro, Christoph Waltz, Tim Blake Nelson. They all provide voice work. The two main characters of Pinocchio and Geppetto are by relative newcomers. I don't know of those actors, but Pinocchio is voiced by Gregory Mann and Geppetto is voiced by David Bradley. So we all saw this in the theatre. What did you guys think of Del Toro's Pinocchio?
1: So I think it's really interesting and exciting to see a completely different version of a story that you grew up with. And it can be a little disappointing, right? Because these are fairy tales that we all grew up with um, and know so well. And we're so used to that disney image of Pinocchio and Geppetto that this was a bit of a shock to the system, but it was kind of interesting. And I think it's even more interesting to place a dearly beloved fairy tale in a world which has Nazis Mm -hmm. and World War II precursor to it. Um, That said, uh, I don't think this is a children's story by any means. I wouldn't want my children seeing this um, if we had them. And um, I kind of was wondering, why is Geppetto so old? And what happened to Pinocchio's mother? So it left more questions than answers, but I think it's a very interesting and brave choice to even call this Pinocchio.
0: Yeah, I I struggled with this one. Um, it's it can be extraordinarily funny, and Guillermo del Toro always has that very dark layer to his um, his filmmaking. Right there's a darkness that belies. Everything at least at least visually for me and it it you know the whole Nazi thing the whole um, you know Mussolini uh, Italy kind of <laughs> uh, fables that he kind of interwove into into this story means that it, it, I, I I struggle to understand was this a movie for kids because if it is then um, it th- those things would 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 be lost on them and and frustrating but it also felt very like childish at times, like like it was trying to be a kids' movie with the songs, and so I didn't really feel like it was, you know, to, supposed to be like the you know the dark reboot of Pinocchio. So um, all in all, it wasn't the
1: Chris Nolan version.
0: No, well, <laughs> no, the, Chris Nolan doesn't do dark reboots. Stop with the Chris Nolan stuff. But it was it was just a very um, it was just a very muddled experience for me and. So, you know, the whole thing just was, was too messy and too trippy and... Complicated. And, com- like, yeah, he... I feel like he made this movie for himself. And it had a lot of in-jokes that only he was going to get. And so I found the whole thing very frustrating.
1: Yes, yeah, the as a Guillermo as the, resident <laughs> yeah, Guillermo saying. del Toro fan
0: but it's a matter of taste because I've only to date liked one Guillermo del Toro <gasps> movie the others have <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way so I have to come at, I have to be honest I mean this okay. guy doesn't work for me as director yeah,
2: I'm dying to hear what you thought though Yasti it's not his best work but I kind of understand what he's doing it, it, it is very muddled I think it visually looks like a million bucks and it you know it cannot not look like a million bucks because you know it's been very painstakingly done with stop-motion animation and there is all these fantastical elements there is the usual whale and there is I think there's a I don't think this is a movie for kids. I I hope people don't run out and take their little 4 or 5 year olds yeah. because they will be very restless. I think this is an animated movie for adults because it does go it's very odd that he chose to place this, you know, in 1930s Italy in as with the rise of fascism and so it's a lot of very dark themes and it's you wouldn't ordinarily so the the original story by uh, Carlo Collodi does not it's not said during the no. Second World War uh, it's it's a very simple story so he is deliberately kind of using the Pinocchio story to reflect on you know horrible rise of uh, you know not, uh, fascism unless it's a Italy. warning
1: I mean unless it's trying yeah. to be a warning to what's going on in the world today perhaps
2: yeah and I but i did like it once i settled down and realized that this is not what i want to see i kind of enjoyed it there are some very very nice touches in it um but i think this is this is not you know the croissant you eat when you go to the pastry shop this is a different croissant once you know that you're going to eat a different croissant maybe you won't get as upset um like there are little flair we can talk more about it but there are little things which i really liked about the film
1: yeah, I love the rendition of Pinocchio mm-hmm. himself. It's a very cute little puppet. Um that's really nice and I like the fact that um you know the the world that he's created in Pinocchio's home and the hills and the like the surroundings of where Pinocchio lives and how important that is and the symbolic nature of the tree and the acorn and where he comes from.
2: That's that's quite beautiful. Um, but I think I got lost. I I, I like Pinocchio's characterization as well. I like that in this one, Pinocchio is a lot more fragile because he is made of wood and so he can lose his hands, he can lose his legs and he does during the course of the story, which again, quite, might be traumatic for little kids to watch. I was going to
0: say, I mean, I don't remember the the game in Pinocchio where he keeps losing his life and being reincarnated, right. which I feel like that, that's not in any version I remember. No,
2: no, this is, yeah, they've, they've made up this thing where, you know, there's the sorceress and every time he dies, you know, the sorceress <laughs> grants him, you know, a new life and so forth. So yeah, they're playing very liberally with, with the Pinocchio story. I also like that the Disney, the Disney animated classic movie was all about... Pinocchio lying and how his nose grows longer. Yeah, this one is not as uh, obsessed with him lying, and I think he only lies a few times. But I really like that every time he lies, instead of his nose lengthening, because he's made of wood. When his nose lengthens, little tree branches grow out of it because he's made of wood, and that was very very cute. And I loved it because there would be like whole branch growing out with little stems and so forth. So the, again, little touches and, I liked,
0: and in some ways. The whole subversion of the whole lying thing, like the whole yeah. Pinocchio story, if I remember right, was almost like a little parable or fable about to children, right, to, to not say lie. be truthful, don't right. tell lies. Uh, this is what will happen, and and here somehow he manages to leverage that as a superpower, and you you know. So again, the the it, it's not for kids, right? It's not that Pinocchio, um, yeah, <laughs> because what lesson would they take from said movie
2: yeah I mean there's some other oddities um Kate Blanchett is in here voicing spud and Spatzura doesn't say a word during the entire movie, and it, it just just makes noises. So if you're going to hire somebody just to make mm, ah, mm, why would you hire Kate Blanchett well, for that? Well, Groot,
1: let's not forget Vin I Diesel, know, but, but that's probably his best work.
2: <laughs> I know, but Groot even had one <laughs> sentence: "I am Groot." This the best. Maybe I need to watch it again. But the best I remember is this: this character doesn't even say anything. Anyway, I mean, I think it's it's like a dark. You know, dark, historical re- reimagining of the Pinocchio story with a lot of fantasy and sprites and, you know... I think if you were five or six, you'd be pretty scared about it. But oh, I, God, I like I'm that somebody's making this. I, yeah. I don't know if this is going to be a classic. I don't know if people are going to be talking about this three years from now. I, I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't think so, Yasdi, And I'm, I'm ready to sum up um, if you guys are. Um, I don't think... I admire him for doing something like this, and I like that he's put his Guillermo del Toro on it. But I think it's it's confusing and it's difficult to watch. So um, for me, this is this is probably like a four out of ten. Oh,
2: come on, <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. I mean, I had a good snooze. I think that may not be a reflection (laughs) on the movie as much as it was me being tired or maybe even pre-COVID, who
0: knows. Um, No, it was way before that and you were worn out that week.
1: Yeah, yeah. But still, the movie's job is to keep you... It didn't keep my attention long enough to to want to engage me. So, four out of ten. Ouch. And I'm not lying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm between a five and a six. I'll be generous. I'll give it a six because this movie... um, It's... (laughs) It's quirky. It's so quirky. It yeah. had it had my it had my interest all a bit and, and and to be honest it actually started off very nicely. It was just towards the end where it got a little trippy and I felt it got a little lost like it it, des- it couldn't make out it couldn't decide what kind of movie or story it was trying to tell. So it just got all very messy and confusing um and silly. And silly in the abstract sense in that I don't know I I didn't see the cleverness. I just saw silliness. Uh so Uh, Yeah, disappointment for me overall, but yeah, five or six, six, all right.
2: I'll give it a seven out of 10 because it's very imaginative. I was never bored. I was like, where is the story going? And, you know, like, wait, he's dead and he's born again. And how many times is it going to happen? And ultimately, it does comment on getting too attached to living things. Which is, I mean, mm-hmm. I think for kids, you know, a good story about, you know, everybody's going to eventually die and not... Ev- and so it, it gets into very dark themes. I think if you are like an eight, nine-year-old and you've never seen the Disney Pinocchio, you have kids, of, you know, it's decades old, like 50 years old. Then watching this might Careful, actually... Careful, yes, Yasti. That's how might, decades we yeah, were born in. Yeah, yeah. I know, I'm fine. I'm not <laughs> judging at all, but it's it's an older movie. I think this movie will actually... If you have no background or no expectation, I think this movie will register... Uh, much better so a 7 out of 10 I I would watch
0: it again on a plane yeah I would watch it again but I mean not in a hurry
2: (laughs) yeah 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 and and I do like the Pinocchio's face is very very cute it's very cute yeah 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 and
0: yeah Moving on, then final movie of the week is the menu, which so, I've been
1: dying to watch.
0: Yeah, Rashmi and I did not make the screening of this, but Yazdi, you, I know we, I know that you did. So this comes from director Mark Mylod, who um, is famous for a movie. What's your number? Which we didn't catch from, gosh, almost a decade ago. It seems like 2011. Um, uh, the Movie stars Rafe, who I always want to say Ralph, finds Anya Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt at the helm. And the brief, brief synopsis here on Rotten Tomatoes is a couple travels to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. It's an R-rated horror, mystery, thriller, comedy. Yasti, tell us about it.
1: Because I love all those three main characters. I love their work.
2: So... You know, we'll talk about a few other movies, but there were some movies released over Thanksgiving, which seemed like a cruel joke to me. Like, I don't think anybody should go watch Pinocchio with their kids on Thanksgiving. It will be a very sobering experience. I don't think people should go and watch Bones and All, which we're going to be talking about in a future episode. I don't know why they released it on Thanksgiving, which is associated with Feast. I think the one movie I can recommend to anyone, unless you have very young kids, is to go watch the menu. It's a very, very, very entertaining movie. I was like a kid in a candy store. I kind of knew, you know, I hadn't seen the I hadn't seen the menu, I hadn't seen the the preview, but I I read, you know, the few sentences about it, and I thought, I thought I knew what the movie was about. And even then, it's so much sharper and so much more gleeful and so much more committed. Like, you know, very often we watch movies where we are like, eh, you know, they just kind of, if they were going this way, they should have just committed. This movie goes that way and it just commits all the way through. At any given minute, I did not know what was going to happen. And I love, you know, movies these days have lost the ability to truly be unpredictable and to surprise us and so um,
1: is it like that movie Yazdi that
2: we saw maybe a
1: three years ago about the young girl who's about to get married into a family. Oh, yeah. Is the it a horror movie? Yeah, it was kind of like a horror comedy, but yeah. it was really a horror. I can't remember the name Andy of it. I McDowell was in it, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember, Joe?
0: No, but I'll look it up. I remember the yeah. movie. She,
2: she, I'll like, tell she's you. stuck in a house. She she marries this guy, and then she finds out that they're, they're playing a game where, you know, you can die from that game, right? Um, I, I, know, I know the movie... Y- yes and no, yes and no. I think this one is actually far more sophisticated, okay. far more clever, far more entertaining. Um, the only reason why I hesitate is because when it gets violent, it gets very, very gloof- gleefully violent. So, um, And I think there is one, at the end of the day, it comes down to one explanation. And it becomes absurd, right? So what, what plays out eventually um, is absurd. But if you buy into it, like, you know, on the face of it, you'd be like, nobody would ever agree to this. But once you buy into it, it's just so much fun. And, oh, Nicholas Holt is doing such good work. He's doing such good work. He's he, a great actor. He's a great actor. He was in, he's been in such amazing, you know, he, he was kind of in a rut for a while. He was doing the same old, same old. Um but he's always done very unique work. Yes. Here he's playing a character who you just learn to despise as you're going along. He's loathsome. And oh, really? He does it so well. I mean, he's not he's
1: not evil, but he's just kind of the favorite. He was kind of evil in the favorite. But
2: he's just and the great. He's just very self centered, and he's he is he embodies what the movie wants to poop on, and in a way. The, I should I, I don't want to give too much away, but the menu is amongst in a line of movies, you know, like the favorite and like a few other not like sorry, like the like Parasite and others. It's eat the rich movies, right? So it's mm. movies where it says everything that's wrong with the world are the super rich and their privileges. Mm. And this is a movie like, you know. F the, F the super rich, eat them. And I, I love that it's so committed to that, that it just goes all the way. <laughs> and like yeah. Squid
1: Game, kind of.
2: Kind of like Squid Game, people yeah. will go to. Right, and it's, I you know, more than anything else, I think this is a marvel of script writing. It's such a good script, and, and the dialogue is so good. Um, I believe it's written by two people who are current writers on the Seth Meyer show. So it's very unusual. It, you know, somebody wrote a script and then it, I'm glad that it got made and everybody's note perfect. Uh, Judith Light is in here. You remember Judith Light? She was on uh, the sitcom for a long, long time. Uh, the one with Tony Danza. Oh, um, who's uh, the boss? Who's the boss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so Judith Light is on it. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh... uh Oh, Hong Chow, isn't it? I don't know if you remember Hong Chow. She was in the movie Downsizing a long, a long time ago. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She is so good here. Uh, uh, John Leguizamo is here. He is. He's excellent. always good. Um, it's just, I. This is the movie I've been telling it. If people have been asking me over Thanksgiving, like, what should you watch? I'm just telling everybody, just go rush out and watch the menu. It's fun, fun time.
0: Excellent. The movie we were thinking about earlier, by the way, with Andy McDowell, is Ready or Not.
1: Ready or Not, Ready or that's not. right. Yeah. Great yeah. movie.
0: Yeah,
2: and it's kind of being marketed as horror, but I don't think it's horror at all. It's just maybe very, very dark comedy, which which occasionally gets very violent. But okay, so good. You've inspired a score. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, an easy eight out of 10. ten, eight, eight and a half out of ten, which wow. I would back down to eight. It sounds eight because, delicious. Oh, and and it looks like a million bucks. It looks so good. It's and so Anya Taylor blitzky.
1: Joy is as good as she Anya always Taylor is. Anya Taylor Joy
2: has a wonderful role. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, she everybody has kind of a a little twist, and you know, she's she's very good. Um, and there, it's it's a lot about food, right? So it's it's a lot about the basic premises. You know, what if you um, what if you got an opportunity for a once-in-a-lifetime food experience? Yes, right? where, where yes, you get, we would be there. Where you, you would get flown away to this island, which is owned by the <laughs> chef, and you, you get to eat food, which is... You know, which you're never going to get to eat in your whole life. Yeah. And if you have to pay $10,000 for it, would you do it? And are you a bad person for doing that? So it plays with so many things. And he's, you know, just watching the courses of f- food come out is what the price I of I so want to go see this so one. Joe, should, I think yeah. we should see this one should tonight. Let's do it. Yeah. It's so good. Definitely. It's running at 89% on, uh, on the tomato meter. So... It's very good. It's, it's a good social commentary. A little blunt, but very effective. stuff.
0: Good. Well, let's wrap up our podcast. We have another one that we're going to bring to you very soon. Bones and All Tar and the Fableman. So I'm really excited to talk about all of those. Um, but until then... Um, Let's let's, let's let's end the podcast with too many movies too little time. Thank you, YST. A goodbye from me. And me? And me as well.